We have different gifts according to the grace that is given to us. So I say, friends, keep turning up. Keep turning up. If the church is, as, it's, as we have read, the body of Christ, then we need to choose to follow Jesus. We need to choose to be fair dinkum. We need to choose not man's way, but choose God's way. And if we choose to ignore the importance of spirituality or the anointing or the calling on our lives collectively, what then? It's true the Royal Commission into child abuse has hurt the church by and large. So much to say on that, but for time. It is true that churches in their sense of fellowship have become powerless and reduced to just a format that's lost its splendour. Just a meeting place, just something to do. That's what we do, really questioning why we do it. It is true that if there's little or no emphasis on spirituality or power or reliance on the Holy Spirit anymore, what does that become? I heard of a pastor who said recently that people come to church and leave with the same demons they did before. In other words, nothing changes. There's no challenge. There's no response. There's no, I love you, Lord, more. It's just we come and we do and we go. We have our cake. We have our coffee. Thank you very much. If the church becomes convoluted, confused, compromised or complicated, what then? If the church has lost its way, if the systems of biblical governance are not simple or inviting or empowering, then what? I want you to say, I want you to, I'm going to be pretty clear here and I've got to say it as I say it and as I see it, uh, but I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. But the world has gone soft and turning up. The philosophy of the world is if it's getting hard, too hard, just walk away. If it's not meeting your needs, just walk away. If you don't feel like you're being honoured, just walk away. If you're being dishonoured, just walk away. People are not turning up because they are offended. People are, are because they were not respected, because they had not, or had their, sorry, their feelings hurt. North Melbourne, just to bring it home, North Melbourne got the number one because we're the worst team in the competition, what well, we were. I think that's going to change. But anyway, um, yeah, hurrah to uh, Richmond who beat us by two points, I think it was. But yeah, <laughs> we're going to play in a um, uh, practice match. But we had the number one pick, and when you get the number one pick in the AFL draft, that's good. You're getting the best guy, basically, who's going to come in and help your club. Support your club, your club's going to do a lot better with these number ones and twos and threes, and the, list, the number go, count goes. Well, we had him, but they meant to usually sign for usually two years. He did one year, but always, already in half the year, we already heard he didn't want to be there anymore. He was tapping out. I want to go. Why? Because it was a loser team. <laughs> we're, we're a losing team. Well, it's just a bunch of losers. We go out and we sing. And we, we, some of them still don't even know the song properly. They're that, that new because we don't get to sing it that often. <laughs> it's terrible. And we know in those times where I just can't watch it anymore and I say to Caleb, just turn that thing off. It's making me depressed and miserable. It's a terrible thing. But this guy, he, Jason Horn Francis, chooses just to be number one and he busks in that and he says, well, who wants me next? And so he, he puts his name out. The world philosophy is just find something better. Now imagine if we did that every time in our lives, every day. When I'm happy with Gabe, or Gabe's not happy with me. Or There's lots of things that we could apply that to. It gets very dangerous and it gets very messy. 
Spiritual maturity is living the life in its highest form of following Christ wholeheartedly. If we listen to these worldly voices, we are going to get smashed. These voices are trying to stop us gathering. I had a lot more in here, but I took it out. To restrict our gatherings together, because there's, there's power when we meet together, and even seek to control our gatherings. And there's still things in play to do that. Even who we pray with, how we pray, all those sorts of things. Even how we have conversations within our own context of family. They, they seek to intimidate us and, and to divide us or bring isolation or even conformity to the way the world thinks. But in Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there are so many voices that are trying to influence our behaviours, our convictions, and even our faith. In the words of Jesus, he made it really clear. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father who is in heaven, should bear great weight. Who's feeling the love right now? But what if our gatherings neglected and a great declaration of something even greater, our confession? Because if we're ever going to fall away or become a renouncer, the perfect time is now. And it seems to be happening. Though there is a regathering, it's still the, that's the truth of it. So friends, you're missing the point today if you think that you're just going to turn up because that's what you do. Or if you just keep turning up or holding up because of tradition or because you're on the roster. I have so much to say about that, but that's why it may be good to serve. It's got to be much more than that. These alone are not great reasons to choose togetherness. So I say keep turning up. But more than that, consider the worldly influences that seek to persuade us or say otherwise. Yet we know God is moving. His spirit is with us. His presence is habitating amongst us. And that's what we're singing this morning. There is a growing awareness of God's glory, His weighty, tangible presence dwelling with us. But it's not without challenge. Do you think that the devil has a plan and a purpose for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's to weaken us and dissolve us and divide us. To separate people. Was it Julius Caesar who coined the, started the phrase divide and conquer? To stop people engaging? I can't tell you how many churches are fighting over so many issues, almost non-issues, and they're fighting over it. And the American church is just so divided at the moment. I had a terrible thing, and I don't know, um, but the Baptist, uh, the Southern Baptist SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, I think it is, a climate of just churches in America, makes up multiple, multiple means decided to have, have excommunicated certain churches. Willow Creek, I think, uh, um, is the one I think, Willow, yes, it is Willow Creek, has just also been asked to leave, please, because they are identifying as women as being senior pastors. I'm thinking, what sort of world are we living in? What is going on? I read this and I'm, I'm just reading this going, my goodness, Rick Warren has spoken into it. He's retired. He's speaking, spoken into it. Other churches are being excommunicated because of women in ministry. And they're okay with women in ministry as long as they're not the senior pastor or on the senior team. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. I suppose my bias is coming out now, isn't it? I just don't get it. 
I sat under a, a um, professor on Monday and Tuesday in Hobart with Taz Baptist. And uh, for the short of it, a lot of our questions were around women in ministry. It was amazing. Amazing. There's no question whatsoever. But anyway, this is how we, we go about doing things and we're beyond that. I know it's good to be here and see people, women, ministering and singing and praying and leading and serving and, and preaching. It's a wonderful a wonderful space and we are so blessed as a man I feel so blessed that women will step into that place it is such a place of honour and blessing and I'm always blessed when women are serving and leading in whatever space and capacity as I am men as well it's a wonderful wonderful space and I'd always encourage that for any woman who's been told no you're no good or you can't do this or any stigma upon you please answer the call of Jesus and say yes whatever it is Lord I will do it but as I said, it's not without challenge. Acts 2.42 says, And they continually were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Again, this is teaching us that they are demonstrating of communal relationships. See, the church is not about a meeting. If the service is merely routine, if it is so predictable, and some people feel that we, because we have a run sheet, here we go, we have a run sheet, we have to do, di, 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 we don't have to. We can just rip that thing up. Hallelujah. Jesus, be glory to God. No, I won't make too much of a mess here. <laughs> Together. It's not about that. We don't want to be predictable. We want to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because if we're not, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that Jesus is not able to speak that maybe he's standing outside the door and he's knocking and we're so busy doing our thing. I'm concerned if that ever is the place, ever, if that is the situation. I'm concerned that we'll drift away from biblical patterns, the original patterns of the heartbeat of Jesus. For surely this is his idea. Our gatherings hold spiritual truths that you and I can only experience when we come together. Whether we can sing in live format or we sing through the videos, it doesn't matter to me as long as we can worship together. That's what I want to do, worship together. In Hebrews 10, 23, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Okay, because of our faith, we're not doing good deeds to be saved, but it's a result, it's a consequence of our faith. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Most of this is, in, is written in terms of heavy persecution in the New Testament. And believers, we're facing this, and often we get the sense where we're encouraged to keep meeting together. We may not feel that out there so much uh, front up, but it, it's there. Together for the purpose of what? To provoke, it means to incite one another. I'm probably doing that this morning to some of us. We've, in good love, in good deeds, being in relationship and encouraging one another. In releasing of gifts and encouragement and hope and exaltation and supernatural comfort. See, Satan, I've learned, breeds quitters. He wants you to quit. He wants to tell you that the battle will stop as soon as you quit. But friends, I promise you now, the battle will still come. And it will keep coming. It's just that you've given up the means to fight anymore. Remember, he's a liar. Friends keep turning up. Gill goes on to say this. The first Christians did not meet because it was Sunday or to conduct the service or even to worship God. They met because they were Christians. 
They could not help themselves. He was an audacious, courageous, and I love this word most of all, defiant reason to meet in the midst of a pagan society for them in their day and for us in ours. I couldn't say it any better. How powerful is that statement? Think about that. They met because they were Christians. They could not help themselves. It was an audacious, courageous, defiant reason to meet in the midst of a pagan society. He goes on to say that believers were making a bold public statement. What do you, what do you think, what's the statement that we make today where people drive and see cars in the car park and see people coming and going out of this, this building, this house, this temple? We're saying that God matters. We're saying and we're putting our faith Maybe hurts where it really meets. We're putting it into action. You are declaring your beliefs in whom some say does not exist. You are declaring your, our unified allegiance to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What a statement. He further adds, what a statement of the high drama of meeting together represents. Sometimes it is a high drama. Sometimes it is when we get together and we've all got different ideas. But when we get together and there's unity and we can love each other even if we disagree, but we choose to love because Jesus said that's the way to do it. We choose to love. That has to be powerful and someone has to be watching going, there's something about that. We've got to learn from our mistakes and we've got to embrace this season and this moment right now. Just a few more moments. I'm getting there. This is like an hour message. Whoa. It's a lot to think about. Now, I really wanted to have question time. I think we'll do that maybe next week, maybe. This is a statement. We need to keep pressing forward. No one is at fault, but we need to work on our spiritual habits. So next time you think about coming, turning up, turning out, choosing to be together, think about the why. 2 Timothy 4 says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. We must keep turning up. Why? Because that's who we are. When we were in between pastorates, we kept making sure we were in regular relationship with a local church because we understand the covering and the blessing and the mantle, but also the ability to bless someone, but also to see, receive blessings. And the lowest times, this should be the best place to be. When you're, at your when you're down, lower than down, when you're at the rock bottom, this is the place you would want to come to because you would feel that somehow God is going to speak to you. He's going to speak to your heart and your spirit. He's going to stir you up and you're going to feel like I can go out and do and face what I have to face. I hope that is the, the thing. And I, talking to Jacqueline the last few days and the last few weeks, man, just listening to your, your story, I'm like, wow, come on, Lord. It's exciting. The meaning is not an end in itself. It's meet, we meet because of who we are. Because who God is, and we meet in His name to worship God, to build each other up, to equip and empower one another. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now you are the body of Christ. Each of you has a part in it. So keep turning up. 
Keep turning up on this truth in 1 Timothy 6. It says, fight the good fight of faith. And the best place I've found to fight is to fight it together in unison. To fight not on my own in isolation, but to come and share and talk and ask and pray and listen. Take hold of eternal life for which you have called, which you made of the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let's keep on keeping on. It's a time of outpouring, friends. It's a time of renewal. It's a time of expectancy. It's a time of keeping the attitude of your faith as you are serving him. It's amazing how much he delights to bless you because he just wants to. If we want to be healthy, we need to keep turning up. If we want to seed breakthrough, we need to keep turning up. If we want to see miracles, we need to keep turning up. If we want to see divine moments and atmospheres change, we need to keep turning up. If we want to see the change and be the change, keep turning up. If we want to be influential, keep turning up. If we want to be filled to overflowing, keep turning up. Because turning up is our example for others of the hope that we have, of the life that we have, of the faith that we share with one another. So friends, I'm about to close. Keep turning up. Be present. Be engaged. Be together. Be ready to equip and encourage. If we walk away, what could we miss? What divine encounters could be missed collectively? Times of refreshing. Maybe times of the Holy Spirit being poured out. We are definitely stronger together. And if you know the enemy, at any sense, even military warfare, is isolating small groups or individuals alone. That's how the animals hunt. That's how, how devil, the devil works. Isolation. So you're here today, so I know you're listening to this, but for those who even listen to this message online, as I said, I'm not finger-pointing anyone. I feel burdened in this series that I never planned to speak on and for, for the start of other things that I want to speak on. And here I am speaking about this and we're studying the year. This is something you would think maybe at the end. But keep turning up, don't draw back. No turning back. Remember the song? Keep turning up. So then in terms of living by our faith, being the people of faith, we're not throwing away our confidence than we just read. Have a look at Hebrews 10, 39. But we don't belong to those who shrink back. It means to withdraw. It means, in a sense, to put the sail down and just dwell aimlessly and even retreat and are destroyed. But to those who have faith and are being saved. Let me read it again in the context. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. The writer of Hebrews is saying, let's go on, or keep on keeping on. So friends, today as I close, keep moving forward, keep your praise on, keep your joy close, keep your heart sure, and keep turning up. Remember, he's a God of moments, of suddenlies, of creating expectancy. And who knows, and in, in if our services are not going to be predictable, but have a sense of God coming down in His glory, who knows when that service, something changes in us that could take many years of prayer, but just a divine moment and encounter in a personal reflection and just contemplation and something happens in our heart that's changed. I know it's happened to me. I've received it. And I know many of you have as well. So friends, I close with this. Keep turning up. 
with your faith, keep hoping, keep choosing, keep desiring, keep seeking, keep being filled, keep being refreshed. And may we focus on Jesus and follow him with all our heart or wholeheartedly. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your, your love and grace today. And Father, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know if the future has a church or does the church have a future. We don't know these. These are big questions. But we ask, Lord, that here we are saying today, Father, that we are willing and we are available and we are ready to be, to be your servants, to be your, your sons and daughters. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to not only uh, worship you and to love on you, but to, but to encourage each other as we see the day approaching. So, Father, help us. This is the most wonderful time in our, in our generation, really, to worship you and to know you and to love you. Help us to lead others to salvation. Help us to, to, to lead us in faithfulness, to leading and sharing, Father, our faith and leading people and inspiring people to come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And may we keep turning up in heart, in mind, in body, and in spirit. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen.